Hey. So. Hey everyone. Welcome mm-hmm. to today's episode of the Two Lippy Podcast. I'm your host Terrence Greer, and I'm joined today by the wonderful and incredible Mr. Brandon Bachata, aka man. Cheese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How you say so? So, um, if I'm not mistaken, you are the co-director of Sentimiento Dance Company. Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife, um, Nancy, Nancy Salsa. Hey, um, I'm Brandon Machata. She's Nancy Salsa. Okay, so that is. That's yeah. uh. So yeah, Sentimiento is a dance studio and company in Baltimore, Maryland, and y'all yeah, specialize yeah. in a salsa, a mambo, as well as bachata. Yeah, yeah, bachata. Yeah. Started that. Okay, yeah. started that in 2012. Is that correct? Yeah, that was about the year we first put our first team together, okay. and then. It kind of just went from there and uh-huh. just kept going. So, enough, man. Yeah, seven years this year. Yeah. Actually, next week will be our seven year That's awesome, man. That's, that's, a, that's, yeah. that's actually mm-hmm. wonderful, man. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Definitely, man. How you doing today, man? Good, man. We came out, to, uh, woke up today. Um, good night of dancing last okay. night. Okay, so yeah, we were at the Richmond Salsa and Bachata Congress Festival. Yeah, Festival, yeah. 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 Um, they said dance last night. Um, we taught, me and my partner, we taught two, uh, one workshop today. Okay. Um, bachata timing, musicality. Pretty nice size class. Okay. And, and people loved it. And then yeah. We got one more class to teach um, at 4 o'clock. Okay. Like, um, the class. Okay, yeah. shut up, man. I want to, um, I guess I really want to start this conversation now, man. I'm very interested to hear about your childhood growing up in Baltimore, man. What was that like? Um, yeah, I grew up mostly in West Baltimore, man. As y'all probably see, like, you hear the news, like, talk about everything that's going on in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I grew up in some of the roughest areas, and, I mean... We was didn't have a lot of money. Okay. Um, low income family, um, so it was a struggle, you know. But you know, you just keep going. Yeah, you know, you got proud of what you got, and just just keep moving mm-hmm. forward, man. Just try to stay away, getting wrapped up, uh-huh. and all the you know the negativity, all the bad things that happened. Because I was around it. I had yeah. friends that was in it. I was for a little bit, but you know, <laughs> just just try to do better, but as best as you can, pretty I much. Understand yeah. it, man. I'm very curious, man. Um, to hear what did your parents do? Can I ask that? Well, I don't know my dad, okay. um, which is, I guess, you could say, I could say almost a story for almost probably a big majority of African American men, especially in Baltimore. Okay. Um, my mom was single, um, grew up, me and my sister, we were the only two. Um, didn't really have male figures around. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious, man. I want to I wanna get too deep, man, but I'm curious, yeah. you know. Um, you know, where you're at now in your life, looking back on your childhood, how do you think that affected you, man? Um, I mean, like with anybody in life, like, what happens when you're younger, it shapes you, molds you for, you know, um, who you are later on in life. And you take those little things that make you who you are, and they, like you said, they just develop over time. Um, I'm, as much as, like, a bunch of bad happened, I'm mm-hmm. kind of thankful for everything I went through. Okay. You can appreciate, you can see certain things, and... Growing up in a city and areas where I grew up, man, I got honestly a lot of my homeboys. Not many are dead, but all of them were locked up. Okay. Um, drug charges, gun charges. I got friends that's close friends. Like I say this, actually locked up for murder, attempted murder. Hey, okay, man. Um, so it was like all that still out there, and it's like I was able to shake that. So it was like you know I feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I feel great about myself. I'm, I'm very curious to hear, man. Um, you know, I guess. What allowed you to escape that, man? Were you just the lucky one or like... I joined the military. Okay. Yeah, that was like, I say when I was 19, because I've, I've done some stuff like growing up with them, a lot of them guys, but I, I never was like really deep in okay. like the drugs and the guns and all that. But I think after I graduated high school, I was a knucklehead in school, so I didn't do everything I needed to do. Uh, I wanted to go to college, but I was like, oh, I don't know. 
But I think by the time I was like 19, mm-hmm. something just clicked and I was like, I need to make a power move because I can see myself going right back down that line. And that you know, environment, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because you like, see your product and environment. You yeah. see the same stuff happening. You're in the neighborhood all the time. You know, those things become normal. I guess you normalize those things. Right, you realize right, right. Like, that's a bad place to be. That's all you know. Yeah, so it's like you get trapped in thinking like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how it's supposed to be. So when I was about 19. I said, you know what, power move. I just went somewhere. Um, I was actually at a track and field meet because I used to run track. Okay. And I, I went back to see my high school after I graduated to watch them run. And, and it was at a, um, a regiment, an army regiment, where they had the track field. And I was like, oh. And as I walked past the guy, he was like, hey, man, like, you know, you in school? And I was like, no. He was like, hey, you never thought about this? And I was like, nah, you know, whatever. Then after, like, I think about a week later, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Mm. I think I might need to do that. Just, okay. just to make a move. Yeah. Get me out this environment and then, you know, see what happens after that. And, I understand. Everything I got now is because of that one decision I okay. made when I was 19. So. It changed it a lot, yeah. man. I'm very curious to hear, man. Um, let me ask you this, man. How, how important was music in your childhood, like in that household? Um, not a lot, actually. I mean, we listen, everybody listened. Like, you know, we, all we listened to was hip-hop pretty okay, much growing okay. up. And then my, um, I remember my grandma used to play um, a lot of old-school R&B. Mm. Um, I used to hear that when I'd go over our house. But it wasn't like a, a focal point of like our family collectively yeah. a part of our family culture um in our family it was mostly just hustling and working trying to make money okay um, that was like that was like the main thing yeah and mom i remember when i was 16 my mom really put me out because i got like, you ain't working you ain't doing nothing i'm, uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm 16 mom. Like, i'm supposed to be in school right now yeah. just working in school. And she's gonna be like no nah, you need to bring some money in here okay. blah, blah blah so yeah that was like that was it that was life yeah it's um so was Baltimore? Was that mainly a, a African American city or what, man? Um, I'm gonna say mainly because oh, you, is it you yeah, like that. Well, Baltimore is is, 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 a, is a funny city because it's built in pockets. Uh-huh. Like there's not low, you know, most cities you go to they say stay away from West Side because uh-huh. the East Side is good. Baltimore is like every two three blocks. It's like that. It's a bad area. You got two good blocks, sunshine, and then you go over here and there's clouds and light, and you're like, yo, let me go around this corner. I'm over here. <laughs> so like everywhere you go, it's it's scattered all over. So uh-huh. and it has a most of big black, of course, a lot of black people in the community, but I don't think it's predominantly black. I would say less than fifty percent. Mm. I don't, I don't really watch the news a lot, but I'm, I feel like I don't really hear too much about Baltimore on the on the news. I guess. Yeah, I mean, because they are, of course, with any type of uh, media coverage, if it's negative, or you know, and I always like to think if it's putting black people in a looking in a bad situation, uh-huh. they're gonna. Blast that okay. to say, yeah, look at them, see, look how they are, look at them, that's how they are, and because it, it meets their agenda, okay. I guess, of portraying us as these type of okay, people. Okay, sure enough. So, yeah, the only time you can hear about Baltimore is the news when it's something bad happening. Okay, negative. Yeah, that's the only time you can hear about Baltimore. Yeah. I don't know about hearing anything about else. Nah. Yeah. Is, there a, is there a big, you know, I guess, the Spanish population in Baltimore? Or? Um, I don't say big. There is one. Um, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot of Latinos. Um, there's not a lot of um. As many uh, like um, Caribbean, okay. It's mostly like the um, Central, you know, Honduras, Guatemala, uh-huh. El Salvadorian. Um, there's a lot of them, um, some Mexicans, but then they're sprinkled in. There's just little Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, okay. and stuff like that that's in there too. But the majority, mass majority, are probably like South and Central okay. American. Yeah. So is that is that Latin culture? Is that something you were exposed to in your youth, or no, nah, never at all. Not like, at all. I, I get exposed to nothing Latin until about 2008. When I was actually in the military and I was overseas, mm. okay. Um, the first Latin anything, I mean, I've you've heard the music before, exactly. but right, it was right. never nothing I really cared about, right? Right, right, and probably till about 2008 when I was overseas, mm. um, in the military. And 
we actually had a Latin night on our base camp. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was like my first exposure to anything Latin. So okay, that was probably it. Okay. Yeah. So did you grow up dancing at all, or I mean hip hop and hip-hop, stuff? Okay. Yeah, that was Shut like up. you know we go to the clubs. Yeah. You know, throw down, you know, balling, doing all, doing all these stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We used to dance all the time. Um, everybody used to dance uh-huh. in my neighborhood. It's like, you know, that's what we did. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, Latin dancing, nah, that wasn't the way I'm already okay. okay, I understand. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, you know, growing up in, in Baltimore and everything, you said, I guess, what changed before you was, was joining the Army, man. So, yeah. I'm curious, though, where did you first get stationed in when you joined the Army? Um, when I first came in, um, I actually went in the Army National Guard. Okay. So, um, I went as an infantryman. I went to um, Fort Benning in Georgia. Okay, Georgia. That's like an um, infantry training camp. I was there about four months, um, and then I came back. So I was like, okay. And then I would go do my drill weekends, you know, one weekend a month. Okay, right. Then that's yeah. your part. So I was like, okay, I just got away. Now I got something going on. You know, I can kind of use this to, with skill. I mean, the only skill you teach you is how to shoot and kill. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like, all right, you know, what can I do with this? Like, yeah. You know? And then um, I think at the time, I think that was 2000. Three, I came back 2004. Then 2005, I finally got a chance to um, go to college. I went to Morgan State. Okay. So I was like, all right, this is why I joined the military. Is that, is that Maryland or? Yeah, okay. Morgan State is still in Maryland. Okay. Um, so I was like, it's in Baltimore, actually. So I was like, all right, you know, I can go to Morgan State, you know, finally get to get into school. Yeah. You know, and then boom, I get in, I enroll, I do one semester, and then the Army deployed me. I go to um, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Wow. And then from there, um, I did three years straight active. Well, military, duty. yeah, okay, active yeah. duty. And then I came back in 2009. While the time I was gone from Gitmo, I was stationed in New Jersey at Fort Dix, and then I went to Iraq from there. Oh, hold on, I don't want to skip over this, man. Yeah. I, I really want to hear about uh, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Man, what was that like? Um, it was actually fun. Yeah? Um, That's one place I've never been. So yeah, I've yeah. Been. I mean, Cuba, I mean, everybody's dreaming about going to Cuba. You can go now, most people, but just like the, you know, the weather is hot, humid. Um, love going to the beaches. The work sh- work sucks because we pretty much work the tanny camps okay. and stuff like that. So I was part of the guard force. So we worked the access control, um, escort the detainees around, right, whatever. Right, okay. Um, but outside of that, the work, the actual place is fun because they got they got clothes built on yeah. from the base like that. Uh, it's one of the few deployments where you can go to where you can drink, actually drink and like have fun. Okay. Anywhere overseas in combat areas, you're not allowed to throw alcohol at all. Really? So okay. People have gone a whole year or two years, like not even having a drink unless they go in R and R. They come home and they gotta go back. Sure enough. So yeah, I'm like it was fun, man. We used to party. The Navy was there, uh, Air Force. We used to all just get together and sure enough. have fun. Okay. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. Get more was good. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure not a lot of people say that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, say so you go from. I want a I want a toy truck. What? But Santa Claus. Oh oh, hold on one second, Santa Claus. I got. Hold be right back. Uh, hey, if you could leave a like and subscribe for the show, that would be amazing. Uh, let's get back to the episode. So um, say so you go from Cuba and you said to New Jersey. Yeah, I was stationed at Fort Dix. Um, okay. Dick McGuire Lakers was like a joint base. Um, I was there two years, and then, but in the middle, at that time I was there, they sent me um, to Iraq okay. for a mission I had to do. Okay. And then I came back, but like I said, when I went to Iraq, that was in 2008, that's when I was first exposed like to the Latin music uh. and like the dancing and everything. Okay, well, so, I want to hear about both of those, men, but right. um, I want to hear about, tell me about your time in Iraq, man, what was that like? Um, it's... The desert right away? Or? I mean, actually... How can I say it? I mean, you're in a combat. When you're in a combat zone, it's kind of like, you know, the wor- of course, the worst case scenario is you get fucking blown up or right, shot right, and right. you die, <laughs> which is like 
Yeah, the worst case That's scenario. Worst yeah. Case. <laughs> Any situation. Yeah. yeah. So, but outside of that, it's like you're kind of just like, you know, you take what you have and, you know, what's there, you know, and you just try to make the best of it. Right. And through that, I found, discovered salsa dancing okay. and all that. So, so then they like, had a, a salsa scene in Iraq? Well, yeah, actually on it. Well, of course, there's a lot of Latinos in the military. Okay, okay, okay. So what happened, they would do it themselves. They would just like every Saturday, you know, they, um, we actually had a, um, one of our bases was right outside Saddam Hussein Palace that we took over. Okay. So they had a little area and they would pretty much was like a big open room. Get, at go to the MWR, get some speakers set up. They had their laptop, so they already got music on yeah. there. Boom, boom, plug it up, and they just, boom, play music. Uh. And people from everywhere, I mean, like the French people would come, the Canadian people would come, all our allies, Australians, um, the civilian contractors, everybody would come. Oh, they got salsa night there. Everybody from all over the camps, they would come every Saturday to this place. And, okay. it, and it turned out to be like a big thing. And then the first time I actually went, it got so big that the – Army actually brought the Army band there, and they played live salsa That's music awesome, man. for us. And that was the first time I went, and it was like the Army bands there. They playing yeah. like live salsa music, and the guy singing and they're dancing. I'm like, like, what is this? Uh -huh. I'm like, this is not what I'm used to doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was like, okay, let me check it out. And, of course, the only reason why I went is because a lot of girls was going Shut there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they was like, come on, Brad, you got to come with us. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going <laughs> to hang out with y'all then. But, yeah, no, when I got there, I was like, man, this is a lot different from the culture, you know, where I grew up right, going right, dancing right. Yeah. because like you go to this place and you see, like you say, the melting pot, people from really different right, countries, right. French, Canadian, Australian, Bulgarian, whatever, they all together dancing, yeah, partying, yeah, and everybody, yeah, yeah. you know, it's doing whatever, pot. whatever. And, you know, and where I'm from Baltimore, the hip-hop scene, you know, you got cliques of people, that's it. And it's like, usually you'll see these three people to themselves, these five over here, and, like, you see a couple of people on the dance floor, but mostly all the guys, they posted up on the wall. Yeah. You know, they chilling out. It's yeah. like, it's not really, you don't come to the club for everybody. For like, yeah, you right. come to just be with whoever three people you came with, and that's it. And right. then maybe if you're a guy, you're trying to holler some girls or something like that or whatever. But you're not there for, like, the entire environment. What I saw when I was there, I'm like, man, everybody's, like, just talking and hanging out and partying. I'm like, like this is kind of foreign mm -hmm. to me. But I'm like, but I was intrigued by it. I was like... This is something that I think will fit me because yeah. I'm, I'm I like to talk to people, whatever. So you know, I'm like, okay, I can get in here and you know, do a little something, yeah, something, yeah, you know. Up, man. Yeah. So. And yeah, so, that was it. And so I'm curious, were you um? I guess so that that's when you first got introduced to it. Were you taking classes at that time or? No, nah, I was just we was winging it. Okay. <laughs> I was oh, no. I was horrible. <laughs> like, right. uh, it was this one girl. Her name was Rebecca. I remember she was a friend of mine and. She knew a little, like, a little, little bit. And she was just teaching me a little, little okay. bit she knew. That was just, like, the basic step. Yeah. So I would just go in there and just try to do the basic step. And then I'll be dancing. And then if I see some guy do a move, I'll be looking over there. And trying to do it and jacking everybody all up. <laughs> but it was, like, it was fun. That like, you know? the stage, though. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was, and it actually wasn't until um, a girl actually, like, walked away from it. And I was, like, so bad. Okay. She, like, was, like, just stop the dance. Okay. It was, like... Was like thank you and yeah. walked away. That was kind of actually. I've, I've experienced that too, man. Yeah. Happens, though, man. Yeah, so that was like what actually made me like, okay, I'm gonna learn how to dance because mm. I'm like, I didn't like that. But that was like a challenge. That's like, yeah. you walked away from me. I'm like, oh, no, I gotta get good. And then that was actually what drove me to want to keep going, like mm. taking classes and okay. learning. So, uh, so I'm curious, man. I guess um, you know, I get at what point were you able to take classes? Was that still in Iraq or when you came back? Um, when I got back to the states. Okay. Um, I got back, came back. It was. In the 2000, 2008 still, um, 2009, uh, 
I think June, May, like May 2009, I got released off the active duty from New Jersey. Okay. And I came back to Baltimore. So when I came back, I was like, all right, where's the salsa club at? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where can I go at now? And then I used to go to this place called um, Latin Palace in Baltimore all the okay. time. And um, I would go there. They had a little class they taught at the beginning. I would take the, you know, pay ten dollars, but I would take the class. And it was well, nothing too serious. It was like you know, just basic little stuff they okay. teach you how to dance. Right, right, right. And I would do that and then look at YouTube. Okay. Do that and then go look at YouTube. <laughs> do that. And I would just go back and forth, back and forth. But I one class in YouTube, one class in YouTube, and I was probably like a year. Mm. <laughs> I did that. So, yeah, and I didn't really start probably click until like 2000. Let's say that's 2009. Going to 2010. Is when I start uh -huh. to learn a little bit. Okay, I think I know what I'm doing now. Okay, because I could always dance. Like I said, I was a dancer back yeah. then from dancing hip hop, so it wasn't a matter of like getting the motion. It was just learning how to lead, like how to right, lead. Because right, hip hop, right. that's a dance. I dance with myself. I don't necessarily. I'm not dancing. Yeah, I'm not a part of connection there. So I had to just learn. Like, what is this connection? Like, how do I, you know, right. whatever. And once I learned that, I was like, well, everything easy okay. now. Okay. Yeah. So I wanna, I wanna ask you this then, man. So I guess it's safe to say you've been probably dancing for the past ten years. Yeah, so if you've seen your beginner stage to where you are now, yeah. man, um, for someone else who might be a beginner, man, you know, they, mm -hmm. they might be struggling yeah. with learning this dance, salsa, bachata, whatever it may yeah. be, man. What advice or words of wisdom could you give them? Take classes from credible instructors. Don't try to take the easy route of just looking at YouTube. Okay. Um, trying to be self-taught or something. Yeah, because right? what happens is that creates a lot of bad habits right. that, that never get corrected. And then once you get with somebody that is credible, they're trying to unfix a lot of stuff you learn. Like, I learned that myself because I would learn from the instructor. And she wasn't bad, but I wouldn't say they're, like, one of the best either. So I had a solid foundation, but all I... The more complicated stuff, I was just trying to learn on YouTube. Okay. And I would jack people up because I'm, there's certain little small details that you don't get from just watching the right, video. Right, right. And it wasn't until, um, see, me and Nancy got together in 2011 is when I really start um, training, 2011-12, when I start going to New York and I start um, training, a lot of training with Yamule. Okay, I don't know. Which Yamule, is like, yeah, one popular. of the top companies very, very in the popular. world. Yeah, so it wasn't until I started going up there and I'm like, Whoa! Everything I'm doing was way wrong. Right. It was like then they, I start seeing how things are really done. I'm like, okay, now I got it. But before mm. I can, you know, fools my way through a dance uh -huh. and like, okay, it came out pretty decent. <laughs> but it wasn't until I actually went and got instruction from a world class instructor, uh -huh. and I was like, oh, now I see everything that's wrong. Okay. So yeah, if you're turning up new, I would say get with somebody that's credible. And take classes. Take classes in social dance. Mm. Don't just take classes and just take classes, but don't go out and try to dance. Like, take classes, go out, dance. Take classes, go out, dance. Because it's practical implication. Like, yes. if you practice something, you got to go out and implement it in, like, in a real-life scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, say, military, we say, you know, this is how we do combat situation. You know, it got to be real. Train as you fight. So if you practice this way, go out there and right. practice. Try to practice it the same way, too. Yeah, I've... um spoken to other instructors and they say you know social dancing is really just another form of practice it is it is right it's when you go out every little thing you've worked on in class is when you go out and you practice it and try to implement it in right. a like say combat situation live situation sure enough, yeah. and that's the only way you're going to get it because in class it's, it's more control you know the instructor, is, instructor right. is going to stop you right. he's going to correct everything that you do so you got that they like that safety blanket of right. knowing that like, somebody's watching me he's helping me now you got to get outside that classroom and see if you can retain every little detail he taught you, and you gotta implement it. You gotta mm. actually go out there and do it. So. I, I think also like a major point as well is um, 
you know, the follow kind of knows what's coming. Yeah. That also, that's another that's big, big thing. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you go over a, repert- a pattern 12 times in a row, and this is something we teach in our classes, too. We always try to tell it, get the follow to be in a position where you don't know what's going on. Right. So don't go through the motions. Like, you don't react until the guy leaves right, these moves. Right, right, right. And a lot of times you see the teacher will teach the turn, but and the girls, they just get automatic already, moves. Exactly, yeah, So before yeah, the guy yeah. even leaves, they already doing the turn. Exactly. They're already going to the side. It's like they just walking through it together. And I'm like, so I was stressing my girls, like, you don't know what's going on. All I want you to do is a basic step. That's the only thing I want you to think about, basic step. Yeah. If you feel something, react. And then, you know, I would even take the girl and I would test them. I would fake like I'm about to do something to see if she go all the way through. I might see now you're back leading. Right. But it's like kind of stressing that for the ladies as well, the followers, don't back lead, learn to follow. And that's something else I learned. Um, that a lot of people I hear aren't, don't teach the followers is how to follow. Mm. They teach them what to follow, but not how to follow okay. it. Which means is, you know, you got to have your body posture and your tone and attention correct. So you're reacting. You're not being proactive. You're not guessing, anticipating. You're feeling and then reacting to what you feel. So if that's correct in the class, then for the guys, they got to, actually learn how to lead it because yeah. the girls are actually following right and then they go out into the clubs and the girls do the same thing don't react don't guess just relax and react yeah and the guys you gotta lead you gotta lead so I understand yeah. that, man. it's yeah. tough it's tough it's tough man <laughs> every, every stage is very daunting yeah it can be yeah I, i'm very curious to hear about you know i want to hear about your beginner stage but i guess really more so once you started with yamale you know mm. what was that like that transition it was frustrating okay man because like you say uh Coming from the Baltimore scene, um, it wasn't many, I wouldn't say maybe any advanced dancers, like okay. really advanced. There were people who had a lot of years in and they were good teachers. But as far as like when you look to see what's the product in New York, there was nothing anybody in Baltimore area was doing anything. Right, maybe yeah. some in D.C., uh-huh. but not particularly in Baltimore. So it was yeah, kind of like, scene. yeah, so you kind of like get like, I guess like the small city Syndrome, where uh-huh. you feel like you're doing good in your little uh-huh. city. You're like, oh, man, I know what's going on. Uh-huh. You're killing it in, in Baltimore. <laughs> and then, like, you go up to New York, and it's just like... Mind-blowing. Right. So you I see, see that talent level. Yeah, I see the first, I'm going to say, five months I was going up to New York. It was very frustrating because I came So you around, actually commuting or what? Yeah, I would go up to New York almost every other week. What weekend, is that, an eight-hour drive? How long is that? No, nah, no, nah, from Baltimore, it's only three hours. Really? Okay, yeah, no, yeah. excuse me. All right. Yeah, so I would go up to New York, I mean, almost every other weekend if we could. And just take classes, okay. take classes, take classes. Man, like you say, it was hard, frustrating at first because it's so fast-paced and the material is so complicated. They don't they don't cater to beginners. They don't baby you. Like, if you can't get it, you're just going to struggle or they tell you go take another class because you can't keep up. Was it, um, and so wait, were you taking, were you on the team? Were you taking no, no, beginner classes? No, no, they just said walking classes. Okay, you were taking that. Yeah, I just walked and Even in. that, it was still yeah, high level. Yeah, it's, it's really, there's very... I want to say there's very, um, not a lot of talking. Mm. It's doing and you following. Mm. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you're messing up a lot, he'll he'll give you a chance, but then he'll be like, no, nah, you need to go over there. And then if you got to go to the lower class, then maybe somebody will help you out a little bit. But I mean a little bit. It's like New York is, is fast-paced. Like you, that's the city. Yeah. It's, that energy. It's, yeah, so it's like it's stuff I had to start. I, I gradually just started to pick up on my own from trying it over and over again. Yeah. And it wasn't until I, I guess... You do more classes with him. You do more training. You start to learn more stuff, and then he'll explain little details. And then we did a couple of private lessons with um, one of the instructors, Razove uh, Ramirez, which is my favorite dancer ever. Okay. Ever look him up? He don't got a lot of like social. He ain't got no social media. Okay. So you won't find him on social media. 
But Razovi Ramirez, he was my number one guy. Like, yeah, as far as instructor, super smooth guy. Hey. Um, but we, we would bring him down to Baltimore a couple uh. times, do some lessons with him. Um, we actually would bring like Carl Flores. We brought her down a couple times. Amadi Gian. All these people came from Yamale, and we would do training with our company, with my okay. team at the time, the people I was dancing with, and we just work on our detailed technique, 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 technique. Just focus on technique. So once the, all that stuff start clicking. Everything else was just like, uh, oh, this is easy now. Okay. This is easy. Once you get that, I guess that that foundation, yeah, that right? solid everything foundation where everything is yeah, and everything now is just it's just stacking on top mm. of that. But as long as the, your foundation is strong, right? Everything else and it, it, it and it it picks up so much easier because you're still not working through those little small little fundamentals that you should have learned a long time okay. ago. If you want your fundamentals are solid, it's just it's just building on. I understand. It's just building on. Yeah. I want to ask you this, man. Um. You know, I guess going back to when you were a beginner, man, you know, you said it yourself, it was kind of frustrating. Yeah. What kept you going? Like, why'd you not give up? Um, as I, I guess I got a type personality. Okay. Like, we're, we're more like, I'm going to get this. Like, okay. I don't care what you say. <laughs> like, yeah. I like the challenge. Mm-hmm. So once I felt like, okay, you know, I was feeling a little cocky when I was in Baltimore. You see, there's <laughs> nobody really around. Like, you, you can do, you can be advanced beginner at the best, close to your intermediate, and nah. you're like one of the best guys here. <laughs> so you feeling good. But it was like that. That reality check, that punch in the gut, that was kind of like, ooh, right. I'm like, okay, okay, kind of level up, next okay. level, let's go. So <laughs> it was kind of that drove me to just, man, that's how I am with anything. If it's something that I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like I can't get it, it's like, that's going to just maybe keep punching okay. it harder. So, yeah. Know, man. yeah. So, so, yeah, you're taking, you're taking class and everything. Um, and I guess, how did you, how did you meet your co-director, Nancy? Um, Danton. Okay. Um, we actually were in the same scene at the time when I first met her, I had a girlfriend at the time. Um, we were just out social dancers in the scene. Um, she, man, when well, my ex, we broke up, and then um, Nancy was um, already teaching with a, um, a company called Georgia Boy Dance. Okay. Um, this guy named Sean Clymer um, got me first started, um, brought me in, you know, taught me, like, the basics of how to teach, whatever. Um, she was already working with him, and he saw me. By this time, I, I wasn't at Yamale yet, but I was in the Baltimore scene. Like I said, one of the best leads. So <laughs> it was easily like, oh, well, maybe I can use him to help teach because okay. he's easily one of the better guys here. So I can, I guess I'm better than everybody else, so I can help teach, whatever. So he brought me in and um, you know, showed me. He was like an Arthur Murray teacher for like 20 years okay. and something like that. So yeah. he had a lot of um, teaching and managing skills um, that he was good at. So he would teach me like the basic fundamentals of how to instruct. And then we would teach under him. And then after a few years, no, it was like one year, actually, maybe, yeah, because we started in 2011. And then in 2012, he actually quit his company. He, he was like this man in his company. Okay. So during that time, Nancy and I, um, we just started dating in 2011 because we started um, teaching together okay. when we joined this company. And we um, put together a bachata, like, boot camp um, class. It was actually, like, the first one ever done in Baltimore. We found out because... Back in 2011, 10-11, you know, it was mostly just, Bachata was, like, just and that, hitting the, the crisp of cusp of coming up. Like, okay, okay, you know, yeah. Um, so it was just coming up, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I love Bachata, you know, more than I love salsa. Ah. So she, by her being Dominican, she was naturally like, okay, okay yeah. let's come together. Let's do, like, something for Bachata. And then, boom, we teamed together, and we put together, like, the first, like, Bachata uh, boot camp mm. um, in Baltimore. And then it was, like, big. Like, a lot of people came. That's awesome, man. So it was like, I'm like, oh, like, this is the thing. Like, yeah. people really love it. And then, but I, I guess during that time I was working together, you know, we started to, you know, talk a little bit. Okay. For a little bit, then, boom. Okay. Yeah. Then we hooked up. I'm curious, man. Um, You know, does Baltimore have a big, 
I guess, social dancing, or is that something that you, you all have had to build up yourselves? Um, we're one of of many people who have been through Baltimore as either teachers or uh-huh. that's currently there now. It's not, it's not a lot. Um, off the top of my head, I can think of maybe maybe 15 total people that are either promoters or instructors in the area, in the okay. Baltimore area. Maybe that's maybe 15. Um, it's, it's not really that big. Um, it's kind of small to a sense where if you have multiple nights, events on the same night, somebody's going to lose out because okay. the scene's just not that big. Like, okay. so you see a lot of other scenes, you can have a party over here, a party over here, and it's fine. Everybody's good. But in Baltimore, it's like, it's hard to get multiple parties on the same nights. Everybody's picking and scrapping to get that one night so okay. they get out. Don't nobody else do that for my night because I want to have something that's yeah. successful. So it's not that big. Okay, it's not I that big. Yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me about the, you know, I guess the creation of Sentimentum. How did that come about? Um, Nancy and I, we, we got together and we were like, you know what? Um, nobody has a bachata team Okay. Um, here in the area. So we were the first one to do like a bachata performance team. Um, and naturally, Sentimiento, because when we, it's about connecting to the music. Is that feeling? What yeah, it's okay, feeling, like feeling, sentiment, you translate it to English, was feeling, yeah. So, because we were bachata lovers, and it's like, when you dance bachata, you gotta like, you gotta like, feel yeah. bachata, like, it gotta be like, in you, in you. And then we would notice, like, every song, all the bachata artists, Sentimiento, like, they were singing, it's like, it was like, that's it, like, uh-huh. that's what it is, about that feeling. So, uh-huh. we put together one bachata routine. Um, we had a group perform it, and we, it was like Sentimiento. Okay. That's it. Sure enough. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess really I want to hear about, you know, tell me about that, that beginner stage, man, that, that initial period of creating a dance team or dance company at yeah. the time. What was that like, man? Um, it was just a team. I mean, it was just all of it really was about performing. Okay. Um, we were just trying to, you know, because I don't think at the time, I don't think we had any performance teams in the bottom. We might have had one, but I don't, I don't really think, I don't think we had any actually mm-hmm. at the time. So we would see, like, you know, by us, now, by that time, we were starting to go to Yamboulay. Okay. Um, 2012 was when we actually debuted, but we started going already. So we saw, like, you know, in New York, everything's about performance scenes right, and all this right, stuff. Right. And even in D.C., they had some performance scenes. We were like, oh, how come we ain't got out here in Baltimore? Mm. So we was like, why not? Let's just do that. Sure so enough. it was kind of like, you know, let's get something going to get Baltimore, you know, recognized, you know, in, in, in dance community. Because everybody would skip straight over Baltimore. Go, it would be from New York to Philly. DC, like they would yeah. skip right over okay. Baltimore. That was, that was the scene. Coming from New York, go down to Philly, and then go down to DC, and then just keep going down. So it was kind of like, okay, well, no, there's something, there's something yeah. going on right here yeah. too, you know. Give us some love. Uh-huh. So, so that's what it started off the idea, just getting, just getting us more recognized, putting teams together, we can travel and, and you know represent the Baltimore okay. scene. Yeah, know? yeah. So uh, let me ask you this then, man. Um, you know, I guess looking back on, I guess this journey of sentimental, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice could you give to someone who is, you know, aspiring to create their own dance team or their own dance company? What, what are some pitfalls or things you've had to overcome or um, you've learned from? The main thing I would say is stay true to who you really are and what you want to do. Okay. Um, us growing up, we're the only ones in Baltimore teaching, like, traditional, like, Dominican. They call it Dominican, right, right. but just bachata. There was a big push for us to you know, conform, everybody else is on the central wave. So you got everybody with all the students talking, oh, you guys need to be teaching central. You guys need to be central, doing this. Okay, you guys need to do this. And I'm like, that's not who we are. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what we feel is true to what we believe bachata is. So well, we just stay true to ourselves. We don't only want to teach it on two for a while. Everybody, no, you guys got to teach it on one. You guys got to teach it on one. You know, that's what we dance here in Baltimore. And we're like, 
but we love New York style. We train sure in New enough. York. Yeah. We love one too. So for a while, we were kind of like the anti-dance uh. company because when everybody was doing this, we were doing this. Okay. When everybody was teaching on one, we were doing on two. But over time, people started to see like, oh, oh, what's this on two? Okay. They would go somewhere else. Other people dance on two, and they come back but like, you guys, you still teaching on two? What's this on two? Like, we've been here five years, bro. We've been okay. telling you this yeah, all yeah. this time, like you know. Yeah. And then gradually, but the performer teams, we kept going, you know create our own choreography. We wasn't like, you know, getting other people to create ours or doing franchise stuff. We said, you know what, we're going to create our own stuff. Um, stay true to who we are, you know, do what we do. And now we've grown. we got a lot of students, got over 20-something students, like, performing in the company. Yeah. Um, we said we travel, congresses, festivals, perform, teach. That's awesome, man. So it was, it was just sticking through. And it sucked at the beginning. Like, because okay. like you said, we were the anti-company. So when everybody was doing this, everybody zigging, we zagging. Nah. So it was like, oh, those guys, those guys, those guys. But, when people started to see, like, your product and what you represent and not try to follow a trend, and they get to really see, okay, that's really some good stuff for yeah. them. They like it. And then they come through. So that's probably my biggest thing is just stay true to who you are and just keep pushing your product. If that's what you want to be, that's how you want to be seen in the dance yeah. community, stick with what you want to be because you want to be an individual. You don't want to have to just be like everybody right, else because right, right. then you become cookie cutter. Now exactly. everybody looking at you like, well, why go to him or go to him when I can get the same thing here, here, here. Now you see these five companies, you see, oh, but these guys are this. It's something completely different from everybody else. Right, so right, you right. stand out. So that was like our main focus. Uh, keep doing that. So, okay. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, are you are you able to do this full time or? No, no. This is this is fun. Okay. This is fun for you. <laughs> it's a hobby. I got. I'm still in the military okay. reserves now. I got a regular security job. My wife, she's a manager um, mm. at a lab right now. Um, she used to be a microbiologist. Okay. So. And we got a seven-month, going on eight-month-old baby okay. at home now. Um, so this is, like, fun. I mean, we want to get to a point um, where we can do this full-time. Yeah. I mean, and we actually got some little plans working. Yeah, I understand. Um, That's awesome, We're trying to make man. it happen. That's but, awesome. But, yeah, ideally we would if we could. Mm. So, hey, so well, I want you to speak on this, man. Um, speak on, I guess, one, having a dance partner, and two, I guess, pretty much having a, a business owner, like a co-business owner with you. Man, what is that like? Uh, and my wife. Exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it can be tough <laughs> because you you always have to be. Like I said, for me, I'm more like I, I can, I'm always trying to separate everything. Okay. Like I don't want this to be the same as this, this, is this. But a lot of times for my wife, generally everything is the same. Okay. So it's like if for me, it's like I gotta walk that fine line. If I can't do nothing, that's going. In, in, a, in a studio, that's gonna make you bad because I'm gonna deal with it. You gotta have to. <laughs> yeah, right. later yeah. on. So it's like. It's always trying to walk that, that fine line for us. Um, but And, and it's great because you, that's somebody, you know, who I share everything in life with. Right, so right, to be right. able to share, you know, my dad's partner, um, a company, you know, my wife at home, you know, mother of my, my son. Yeah. It's like everything is together. So it's like that part is like, it's like wonderful. So, yeah, definitely good. I understand that. Yeah. Man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess, you know, I want to ask you this, man. You know, you've been dancing for... You know, I guess 10 years, 10 years plus now, yeah. man. Um, what are some things that you've learned from dancing that you're able to translate to your everyday life? Really? Um, well, actually, it's, it's stuff. It's kind of funny. It's stuff that I learned from being in the military Okay. that actually was able to translate over into dancing that kind of formed, like, I guess, the the way I am, when it, who I am now. Yeah. Um, I was a drill sergeant for four years. Um, instruction always has been um, something I've been good at. Okay. Even before I was a drill sergeant, I was um, 
uh, detainee operations instructor. I taught unarmed self-defense. We taught less than lethal weapons. Um, we taught um, ride control. Um, then from there, I became a drill sergeant. You know, that's one of the best jobs ever, one of the hardest jobs ever to do ever in life because okay. you're taking civilians off the street and right. you're turning them to army soldiers. Right. I'm like, it's very stressful. You have no life. You work from 4 in the morning to 10 at night every day. <laughs> so I'm like, it's one of the hardest jobs ever, but one of the most rewarding jobs. So all that stuff when it comes to instruction and dealing with people and learning how to teach and communicate with people and deal with their personalities. Mm -hmm. When you come to the dancing, I, I kind of see the dancing in that same way. There's different personalities. You know, I'm an instructor. I got to learn how to talk to you the same right. way I talk to her. You know, it's not going to be the same. And it's like I transfer some of that and I kind of like, okay, you know, the biggest thing I can say from the dance community that stick with me, I would say is probably the um, the openness of how everybody's able to come here. It's like an open community. Yeah, you know? exactly. Being able to mix in. Anybody can come from anywhere. You know, there's people you might meet once or twice, you know. Or if some of you might meet at all, or something, you meet people on Facebook. Like, you know, you see them, it's like, hey, what's yeah, up, exactly. you know? Yeah, you what's going on, bro? Yeah, you know? Yeah, and it's like, that's been like real, real good. The networking mm -hmm. aspect right, of it. Right. Like, I've been telling my friends now, I can pretty much go any state, definitely in the U.S., and as somebody I know, I can okay. be like, hey, you here? All yeah. right, let's go hang out. <laughs> well, even overseas, you okay. know, go to Italy somewhere. I got friends in Italy, Spain, you're all over the place. So awesome, like, if man. I go somewhere, and some of them I've never even met, like, personally, uh -huh. it's just from, you know, liking each other's videos okay. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, that's, that's a nice class, you know? And it's like, boom, now you just open up your network. Um, you got a global network. Yeah. You can just go anywhere and meet people. So I appreciate that greatly about the dad scene. Yeah. All those opportunities that open up for you. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to hear about, um, I guess, when did you start teaching? Um, that was probably in 2000, I want to say 11, going into 12, okay. um, when the guy, Sean, and like I said, it wasn't, I wasn't doing my own thing. He would just have, I would teach like this basic beginner class. Uh -huh. All they would learn is like the basic step, cross by lead, right turn. Mm -hmm. And he started me off there, because like I said, I was only dancing maybe a year, two years myself, and he was like, oh, you know. All right, I want you to just teach this. That's it. That's it. And during that time, that's all I would do, and that's all I really cared to do because, like I said, I didn't know everything. Right. I started to get training on my own. That's when that time, I, he wasn't really training me to be a dancer. He was mostly trying to train me to teach the, his class that he wanted because it was really for his benefit. Right, right, right. So, But I was like, this, I don't feel like I'm getting better doing this. Like, uh -huh. I'm, it's like I'm doing the same little stuff, which is needed, but I'm like, I could be doing more. So that's when I started going to New York on my own. And start getting that training. And okay. then once we broke off from him, we started with our dance teams in 2012. I want to say about 13 or 14 is when we really started doing classes. Okay. I mean, like after a couple of years of training with them, it's okay, now we're going to start doing classes, like mm. regular classes, mm. people would come in. So about 2014, which is 19, about five, six years I've been teaching. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this then, man. I'm very curious to hear, you know, I would like to hear about, you know, your beginner stage in teaching back in 13 and 14. Or what was that like? And, and, and aim it more so towards, you know, giving advice for an aspiring teacher. Um, know, know your stuff. That's, okay. number, that's number one. Um, because I had the, like I said, I went to drill strong school in 2012. So because I had so much experience teaching now, teaching, it doesn't matter if you're teaching salsa, uh, how to freaking build the wall. Okay. Teaching is teaching. And it's, it's a separate skill. Yeah, it's a separate skill set in its own, yeah. yeah. So I was able to relate all my experience with teaching in the Army, being a drill sergeant, to learn how to connect with people and convey, like, my message to get it across to them. And that's the main thing. If you can do that as a teacher, 
and you can kind of get what you want them to realize and get them to be able to explain that and get mm-hmm. them to understand that, that's the first thing that starts to so, teach you. So are you like, are you like yelling at people like, do the fucking thing? No, 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 I went, I went, I went drill sergeant with that. But okay. I was, one thing about me, and I'm still this way now, uh, my people will tell you about my company, I'm real like, I'm straight in, I'm real okay. like straight to the point. I'll laugh and joke, but I'm just like, it's this. Let's get so here. Like, I guess go oriented or? Yeah, I'm like, we're going to get here. Okay. So, I, I, you know, I'm not going to be like the one that's like, oh, you know, no, it's okay, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, that's wrong. Okay. We're going to do it this way. I'm going to make sure you get it right. And sure it's the enough. same way that part of, I want to say, teaching and instructing for the military is with Curry Mill because the military is, you're going to get it right. Right. You know, man, every time you're going to get it the right way because this is your life we're talking right, about. Right. If you got to go over combat, you're going to die if you don't do this right. So, I kind of have that same approach, not as stern and strict. But, like, the goal is you're going to learn this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste no time playing around with you. I'm going to get you here. Sure so enough. just that aspect of being able to teach in general, it was easy to tra- for me to translate that over once I start learning the fundamentals of what I'm teaching, which mm-hmm. is in salsa, you know, you got your basic, all the basic detail fundamentals is, okay, now I got to c- explain that to these people to get them to understand that right. and learn how to implement that. So that part helped me out a lot. So being a teacher, I was always a teacher. Before I started teaching salsa, it was just a matter of now my material is different. Okay, right. Now instead okay. of teaching how to low crawl and shoot guns, okay. I'm teaching you how to do a basic step and do a right turn. Mm. As long as the information is there, as long as I know it, um, I'm able to teach it. If it's somebody new, like I say, know your stuff. Train. Always be training. Like I still take class to this day. Always be a student. I'm always a student. Always. I'm always going to New York. Any chance I get, I'm going back to you. I'm like, teach me sure something. Enough. Teach me something. I, I, you know, I've done it 35 times. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Always take classes, always train. If you don't know answers, find answers. Don't BS your students. Don't give them bullshit just to make it seem like you know what you're talking about, to make it seem like you know more than you do. Like, right, right, right. if you don't know, tell them you don't know. Mm-hmm. You might feel as, oh, man, they ain't going to want me to come back. I'm like, well, I would rather you tell them the truth and then I'm go out and, find, and get the truth on their own than you tell them some bull and then you teach some bad skills, right. and now you got a student that's coming out looking jacked up, but they're representation of you now. Yeah. That's not going to make your business look better. Like, yeah. seek the answers. Keep taking classes. Keep taking classes. And once again, I always say it, get somebody that has a reputation, a reputable instructor. Don't get yeah. your homeboy that you knew because he did it a couple of times, and you want to show you. Go out, look for credentials, see who's who. Because, like I said, that's what my biggest fault at the beginning. Once I did that, and got somebody really reputable, my dancing just, right. it went up. So I'm like, that's what and you It's some heartache, right? And I guess trying yeah. to correct some bad habits you might have. Yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. I learned something because I was a YouTuber. Mm. I was a little class. I said I was about 60 YouTube, 40 class. Okay. And then once I like dropped all YouTube and went to a straight class, mm. I saw the biggest jump in my dancing. Right, right, it, right. it just took off. I, I think that's probably, I feel like that might be an issue currently in the dancing. You know, people on Instagram. Yeah. Watching that, I mean, it's, it's go out and try and so performance. This is one of the biggest things we talked to, like a lot of the um, the uh, old school, the OGs in the salsa game, uh-huh. and I hear them going back and forth for like social media about this stuff all the time. But you got to think they came up in a time where there was no YouTube, right. so anything they did, they had to create. Right. Like they literally had to make it up on their own. There was no okay, let me just see what Sean's I can do. Let me go to this, this page and look at this stuff. They literally had to go in the studio, practice and work. Now, like you say, any day, somebody can teach a workshop. Well, I ain't got no material. Let me go look at YouTube real quick. Right. Okay, I'm going to teach these same steps. Don't nobody might not know who this person mm-hmm. is. You teach them some class that happened in Italy somewhere. You come to the U.S., you teach the same footwork. Like, who knows? Who really, really knows? Is, yeah. Yeah, so now it's, at a, it's a completely different steps. 
Now, one of the things, and I, my teachers know I do this all the time, I pride myself on, you know what? I don't always plan when I want to teach. Okay. It's, it's, it's a different challenge, but I see 80% of the time, if I teach a workshop or class, I'll make it up on the spot. Okay. Because that keeps my mind in that, in that mode of creating. Uh -huh. That's how I get by. It's creating, sure creating, creating, yeah. creating. Like, don't go in with a game plan. Sometimes I might create something just in case, okay, I might teach this. 80% of the time, it always usually goes south because even people who come to the class, they can't do it. Okay. Or you might teach something simple and then you realize you got more advanced people in your class. Okay, I got to step it up a little bit. Yeah. So then it causes me to create on the spot. I think that helps you out a lot. Getting that creativity that mode. Creativity. Yeah, yeah always, always a benefit. Creating, creating, creating. So, yeah, it's way different. Okay. Uh, now yeah. <laughs> than it is from back then. I understand that, man. Yeah. I want to, um, I guess I want to ask you this, man, real quick. I want to kind of, you know, give some benefit to some dancers out there, man. So, um, you know, I, I want to start with this one, man. You know, can you give me, I guess, one tip that can make anyone a better dancer immediately? Work on your feet. Okay. Feet are more important. What I mean that is you're stepping. Proper stepping, weight shifting, and movement. That's what any dance, any dance is moving. Move your feet. You're going to move your feet. Right. If your stepping is clean and you have a solid foundation when it comes to just stepping, I mean, just basic, whatever the basic step is, but you can basic it to death. That's gonna like take you so many places for. That's why a lot of teachers, particularly in New York, saying they might do seventy percent footwork, thirty percent partner work when it comes uh, to dancing. Okay. They drill feet, 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 feet all day long. If your feet are good, you have clean stepping, you can transition your weight quick. It doesn't matter if you're a lead or a follow, especially if you're a follow. If you can step really clean, continue stepping, 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 you'll be able to follow a lot more stuff than you think you know how to follow because. The way you're stepping in is going to help guide you through the turn patterns. As long as your feet are constantly moving and you shift the weight you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. you'll be able to follow stuff you never even thought you could ever do okay. because you're always being stepped. And that's the main thing. A lot of students, they focus on up here, up here, the moves, the moves, uh -huh. and they, they don't worry about their feet. I'm like, dancing is you're moving is. your feet. Right. So if your feet are solid, if you've got a solid stepping foundation, a lot of stuff will start to come easier. Okay. So as that... Um I guess essentially practicing the basics or what? Basic over basic and footwork. Mm. Like you say, in this case, hey, if you need to go on YouTube, learn it, look at it shine, to try to mimic it and practice it, do it. But practice footwork. Get your footwork clean. Yeah. Go to a class, you know, get somebody that's gonna help make those corrections on why you're stepping wrong. You know, how, how come every time I do this step I can't move? You're not gonna find that on your own looking at videos. Right, right, right. You're gonna keep doing the same thing over and right. just keep thinking, I can't do it because everything. No. Go take a class somebody that can tell you why right. your weight shift is wrong, why your turn, feet aren't turned up, why you, your feet are turned in, they're supposed to be turned. Like all those little details, small yeah. details, uh, help somebody become way better. And it's just doing the basic step. Mm. Like basic, learn your basics. And as, as I always say, fundamentals. Yeah. Detail, fundamentals, and basics. That's it. I want to, yeah. um, uh, you might you might have already answered it, but um, any any specific hints or tips for leads out there to help them improve their lead? Um, stay close to your follower, relax. I know I'm saying a lot of times when people dance, they, they get tense and yeah. especially they're thinking, really relax, always stay close to your follower and, and don't try to like listen to the music when you're dancing, right, social of course, dancing. Of course. Don't try to bust out the whole turn pattern sequence you yeah. learned from the Congress when you get to social dance. I'm like, listen to the music, you know, breathe <laughs> and just, you know, have a good fun dance. Like. It's not all about, you know, 
all the fancy moves, you know. I'm like, I can dance with a pro dancer or a beginner and do basic stuff, and it'll be good for both because right, right, right. I know how to adjust to who my follower is. So learn how to adjust your dancing, you know. It's not just on, on mode every single time you get right. a dance floor. I'm like, no, listen to the music, be receptive to what your partner, the level your partner is. If you know you're getting up there and you're feeling good about yourself as a dancer, but then you dance with a beginner, don't put her through the ringer to make yourself feel good. Right, right, right. That you know what you're doing now. You dancing with that yeah, person. Yeah, dance right? with that person. So bring it down to her level, but enjoy the dance. It's mm-hmm. still going to be a fun dance. Yeah. I have so many good dances where I basic the shit out of it. <laughs> and it's like, but it's good. It's oh. like, it gives you time to breathe, feel yeah. the music, connect with your partner, and just enjoy your social dance. So mm-hmm. focus on that aspect more than the moves. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you, um, you know, I guess kind of the opposite of that question that, you know, any. Any advice for followers out there? How can they improve their following? Um, stepping is one. Any time in my class, I'm, I don't really talk to followers too much about you know what they need to do as followers. I mean, I give them the basics of you know tone, tension, body frame, posture, and all that other stuff. But I just tell you know what, just focus on your stepping. Mm-hmm. That's the number one. I have students come a couple of weeks we've been dancing with me, but they can follow a lot of stuff I do now because all I drill was your feet. Keep stepping. Right, keep right, stepping. Right. Keep stepping your feet. Now they just kind of autopilot just. They just moving. They don't know what they moving to, nah. but their feet are still going. Yeah, but at the end yeah. of the day, we're always in sync. Sure enough, we're all. She's always dropping on her six when she's supposed to. I'm like, because you're, you're focusing on your, your exactly. stepping. That's it. So because they're doing that, that's the first thing. And everything else is just like, just add on top of it to get you be, be a better overall dancer. Yeah. But just initially, basics. Okay. Step, 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 step. Step it out. Yeah, I understand that. That's man. it. Yeah. Yeah. For um, for for someone who may be you know, an intermediate in a dance. Okay. And they want to get to that advanced level. What do you think it takes for them to get to that level? Take advanced classes. Okay. I mean, it's as simple as that because if I'm at an intermediate level and I'm only taking intermediate level, I'm going to be at right, right, intermediate right. level. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stay the stagnant. Yeah, so if I want to be intermediate, if I am intermediate and I'm going to go to advanced, I should be jumping in advanced classes. Okay. I mean, it's as simple as that because if, you, if you're a legit intermediate dancer... You have all the fundamentals uh-huh. if you're really intermediate. Right, right, right. Because right. some people will jump to intermediate class, and are ready for but it. they still need to work on that fundamentals. If you're a true intermediate level dancer, the foundation there, now you just need to step it up. Hmm. you got to learn harder stuff to do. Sure enough. But your foundation is already built. It's just a matter of you being able to do more complicated things, mm-hmm. or more advanced concepts that uh-huh. apply. So that's it. Just take advanced classes. I understand that, man. Hmm. Yeah. I'm very curious to hear, man. Um, you know, I guess what are, what are some of your... I guess, you know, future goals for Sentimiento, man, is how would you define success for it? And, you know, no, I mean, ideally, like I said, if, if we can get to a point where this is something we can do full time, yeah. um, we would love it. Um, just trying to do more for our community, create more of what we're about and um, just share it with people, man. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that a lot of misconceptions about either it's bachata or salsa that are out there. And it's like, we just want to be able to educate people. Okay. Like, this is really what this really is. This is not necessarily this. It can be that, but it's also really this, too. And even, like, from the workshop today, we saw, just at the beginning of the class, we did a, um, a little test to see if they can realize something, and most of the class didn't realize what it was, okay. what we were doing. I'm like, but that just showed you that, just that little small little thing, and it was about timing. You know, everybody danced bachata, one, two, three, tap, but that's not the only time you can dance bachata, but the fact that everybody was automatically assumed that's what you got to do to be like, that's not the right timing. This is wrong. This you is wrong. It though, right? Yeah. And you can switch the timing up. We had a lady today who came up to us right after the workshop. Her husband is Dominican. Mm-hmm. And she told us, she was like, 
I felt so bad because I used to tell my husband, he's off timing all the time. Uh, I'm like, how can you tell a Dominican, a Dominican. Who, who his culture, his dad's, that he's doing it wrong? Because the misconception is it has to be done this way for right. it to be right. So we try to break that. And that's how like, when our focus is, is to kind of get people to understand understand the culture behind right. the dance and not man. just the dance in itself. You understand the culture and why things are done a certain way, you can be able to relate a lot more. Mm. So that's like our biggest thing, just okay. being able to educate people. And like I said, if we can get to go full-time, yeah. that'd be awesome. Full-time, free time for us because we can make our own schedules. Yeah. So hopefully we can get there. That's what we yeah. want to do one day. So I'm, I want to ask you this, man. I'm very curious to hear about, uh, you know, having a Dominican wife. Is, um, is she always right when it comes to dance? Like, I mean, no, I wouldn't say she's all right. <laughs> um, she, Especially because it's her culture, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is her culture, but she knows that I've put in the time and okay. work and understand what it really is. Okay, like, so no. There's nothing that I can say right now about my chocolate that she'd be like, hmm, oh. I don't know what it is right now. Okay. She knows I know. Okay. So when it comes to that, we're pretty much on the same page about majority of the things when it comes to dance. Um, salsa... It can be a little, uh, the saying we're still good, but she has preferences when it comes to dancing salsa, just like I have preferences. And even with bachata, we have preferences. So it's not matter about if it's right or wrong. It's just that's your preference when it comes to doing this, and this is my preference. So that's about the only class you might get. It's what I prefer compared to what she prefers okay, okay. during this dance. But as far as the, the knowledge and the background and history about it, we're, we're right, right there. Sure we're all enough. on the same page. Yeah, I yeah. understand that, man. <laughs> I definitely understand that, man. Um. You know, I guess I really at this point I want to thank you, Brandon, man, for taking no time to talk to me, man. Appreciate it, dog. I definitely enjoyed it, man. <laughs> you too, man. Um, I'm very curious here, man. Tell me, you know, what are some of your upcoming events, man? What do you have going on? Uh, right now, um, October 1st, we start our brand new um, Salsa Boot Camps. So we're opening up a um, Centimento Dance School. Okay. All right, um, nice. We're trying to really get um, a lot of um, more detail-focused class with people who really want to come in, have a good time, um, you know, learn the art of dance. Um, get you dancing in four weeks. The goal is in four weeks, get you able to get on the dance floor, okay. get a nice basic step going, hey. know your basic right turn, just to be able to get you started. Um, that's October 1st and October 3rd. We're going to have two classes, one on month, on Tuesday, one on Thursday. Um, pretty soon, we'll be coming up with our bachata boot camp. Uh -huh. We're going to do one, too. Um, that's TBD. Um, I'll come up with a date for that. Um, we still have our performance teams. Um, we got a salsa team, student team, bachata team. We have our pro team. Um, we have project teams. Like tonight, one of my teams from Pittsburgh that I have um, a franchise team from Sentimiento. They're from Pittsburgh. They're going to be performing tonight here at the Congress. Um, anybody want to you know, get a performance team, let us know. We create choreography, and then oh, we send it to you. Um, and you can represent your, whatever area you're from, get a little dance group together. Y'all can perform. Um, but that's it, man. Yeah. Bootcamps, bootcamps. I didn't know um, I didn't realize how much you did, man. So this is pretty much a, a second full-time job, man, huh? It's becoming, that's why I said eventually I would love to get into that because the time we put in is really, it's not a lot as much as we could put in. Okay. But we're seeing pretty decent results from yeah. the work we are putting in. So we said, hey, if we can multiply this by three, you know, do three times more to work right. and get three times more the results back, we should see exponential growth. So okay. that's what we saw now. You know, yeah, switching and starting to flick yeah. in the head is like, hmm. Maybe I can do this. Yeah, huh? you know, just kind of get a plan in motion, okay, um, and get everything set up. So that's what we're actually in the process of trying to do that now. Mm. So that's awesome. Let's keep our fingers crossed. But next year, we're hoping we can kind of one person, at least one person, quit that job, but we can kind of okay go full speed yeah, into man. this. Yeah, that, that would be a, that would be a, a really awesome blessing, man. Right, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Um, real quick, man, tell me, 
You know, how can people get in contact with you? How can they reach out to you? Um, yeah, um, if you want to call directly, um, 443-542-1071. Um, if you want to go to Facebook, Sentimental Dance um, Company. We also have Sentimental Dance School. You can, If you're looking for classes, go to the school. If you want to look at just like events and performances and teams and stuff like that, it's Sentimental Dance Company. Okay. So Sentimental Dance Company and Sentimental Dance School are the two um, Facebook pages we have. Um, on IG, um, Sentimental underscore dance underscore co, C-O. Okay. Um, Twitter, at Sentimental 410. Um, like I said, you can look me up on Facebook, um, Brandon Bachata, look up Nancy Salsa. We're the directors of the company. Um, email us, hey. info at SentimentalDance.com. Uh, what else? Sentimental Dance <laughs> is the website. Sure so you see, Sentimental Dance is going to be somewhere in there, and then it's something else, maybe. That so, yeah, be. that's yeah. it, yeah. Show sure notes, man. man. Yeah, like I said, Brad, man, thank you so much, man. I truly enjoyed it. It's been a it. pleasure, man. Um, any any last words before we close this out, man? Anything you want to say? Um, thank you for one, taking oh, the time to interview me, man. man. I appreciate you. it. Um, like you said, if you're looking for us, come check us out. We're at a congress, a festival. Um, come take our workshops yeah. for fun. We had a good time. Um, that's it, man. We just want to be out there with people, man, and yeah. enjoy dance. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's about, man. Enjoying it. That's it. That's so it. Love, man. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think this will wrap it up for this episode of the Toothy Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, hey. All right, man. All right, so hey, everyone. Um, if you made it this far to the end of the video, I want to thank you so much for just, you know, um, watching this. I, I really hope that you found value in this. Um, my whole goal in this endeavor is, you know, to give a voice to people, to dancers, and and to give value to, to the dance community. Um, so if I'm not giving value, it's kind of pointless. So I, I strongly urge you to please comment and let me know where I can improve, what I need to do better, what, what I'm doing wrong, and, and hopefully what I'm doing right, you know, but my overall goal is I want to give content. I want to I want to be helpful, so please, please let me know where I can improve upon. Um, I'm new to all this, you know, so this is, I'm learning as I go. So um, I need, like, feedback. Please comment and just let me know how I can improve. I would greatly appreciate that. That means the world to me just to to be able to interact with you all, you know, have a conversation with you and, and just, you know, see what you like and what you don't like. Um, that means the world to me. I love interacting with you all. It means so much to me. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for making it this far into the video. Um, you know, I gotta say, uh, please leave a like, subscribe. If you don't like it, then let me know why not. Um, hit the down like button, hit the unlike button. Um, but, you know, um, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it.